0: And good singing this morning. Our goal is by the end of the service, we'll hopefully, prayerfully have the uh, results of the uh, deacon count. We'll get that to you um, as soon as we can. Uh, Let me invite you, if you didn't do so already, to take your smartphone. You can scan that QR code that is on the uh, card in front of you in the pew. And as Dan mentioned, that will take you to our website. And on that website, there is a slide presentation. It is entitled Vision Sunday 2022. And uh, we're going to be working through that in just a moment, and I will talk about that in just a second. I do want to just um, underline and underscore a couple of things that that Dan mentioned. Um, First of all, Dan is the youth director here, as he mentioned. He's been in that role now for, he said, three years, which is pretty profound to me. It's been uh, three years already. Uh, But he also does a lot more than that. Um, He has been very involved in our tech ministry, as he talked about the needs in the sound room, um, and I want to just underline something that he, he said is that there are teenagers that have been faithful up there as well. And so it has been very much and Dan's model has been to reach out, train kids, train young people so that they also can learn to, um, to manage the sound system. And so Dan has been doing a great job behind the scenes, the website, all of that was something that he um, greatly uh, undertook on his own, has done a phenomenal job with that. With that being said, um, we have only given you a couple of updates on a couple of ministries here at Grace, and uh, we will, over the next few weeks, be highlighting a few other ministries along the way. And so rather than cram all of that into one day as we've done in years past, I think it's better that we spread some of those things out, so we'll be hearing about some of the other ministries um, along the way over over the next few weeks. If you have found that slide presentation, if you are looking at that, you will see that there is a verse of scripture on the very first slide, Psalm 115 verse 1. And uh, if you're not able to see that, let me just read that verse of scripture for you. This is a little bit of a unique message in that I'm going to give you the applications this week, and then next week we'll actually look at the text, which is a little bit different than what I typically um, would, would do I'll explain a little bit about this verse, but predominantly next week we are going to be studying um, Psalm 115 next week, but we'll introduce it a little bit this morning. Psalm 115 verse 1 says, Not us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. We have been looking at our purpose statement. Barron mentioned that in his presentation this morning, which again, I want to uh, reiterate what Dan said, was a fabulous update on what is going on in our school ministry and that the two are one, okay? The school is a ministry of our church. The youth group is a ministry of our church. The worship team is a ministry of our church. Well, what is the point in all of that? We have been studying our purpose statement. What is our purpose statement here at Grace? Well, Grace Baptist Church exists to make and mature disciples. That is what we are all about. We spent two weeks, by my count, on making disciples. We spent a couple of weeks on talking about maturing disciples. And now today, we're going to talk about the end phrase, and next week as well, why do we do this? We do it for the glory of God. That's why we do what we do you know we think about the fact that you and i by nature we are worshipers you you are going to ascribe glory and worth to someone or to something I'm not going to get into the weeds of this this morning. I'll get into this a little bit more next week. But the word that is translated glory there in our English translations is a very interesting word in the Hebrew language. It is a word that means weightiness. At its root, it means what are you giving weight to? In your life? What, what is it that is driving you? What is it that motivates you? What is it that encourages you? Where do you find hope? What or who are you worshiping? Psalm 115 is interesting because it was almost written, if you will, at, an, at a time of crisis. God's name was not being glorified. In fact, if you have your Bible open and you see it down in verse 2, the psalmist says, why should the nation say, where is your God? Where is it? There was this time when God's name was not being glorified. And we'll get into the details of that next week. But the psalmist is saying, it, the glory doesn't go to any of us. The glory goes to God and God alone. There's a great song that I listen to often, and, it's, and the, the song goes to God alone be the glory. And that ought to be the song of our hearts, the heartbeat of why we do what we do. I've been studying this over the last few weeks, and we've been talking about this repeatedly over the last few weeks. And, but I want to reiterate it before we get into the slide presentation this morning. We are not entrepreneurs peddling the gospel and measuring our success by sales reports. It is not what ministry is about. We are not entertainers who measure our success by the size of the crowd and the decibels of the applause that we hear. That can be a very wrong matrix for studying success in ministry. We are not therapists measuring our success by the number of self-help messages we preach or the articles that we write. We are not a country club measuring our success by the number of members or the degree of exclusivity that we have. That is not what we are about. We are a ministry filled with servants of the living God who measure success only when Everything we say, do, think, everything gives glory to God. Everything. As the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians, that whether therefore you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Even the most mundane aspects of our life, we do it for the glory of God. Not mine, not yours. It's for God's glory and God's glory alone. And we live in a a day and age where self is often glorified. We we live in a day and age where we glorify in a lots of very minor spectacles in our world, and yet the psalmist says that not to us, O Lord, but to your name be all of the glory. Now, here's the trick. Let me ask you this question. How do you measure that? How do you measure that? I mean, I, I, I totally understand why it is so easy to fall into the trap of the entrepreneurial mindset. We can measure decibels of applause. We can measure attendance. Maybe that means you're glorifying God, but maybe it doesn't. The reality is my goal and intention for our ministry is that individual believers are living each and every day for the glory of God, nothing else. That everything that we do in this ministry, it is never for the glory of self. It is never for the glory of mankind. It is never to applaud people. It is simply for the glory of Almighty God. But we are so tempted As Psalm 115 will show us next week, if you read on, I would encourage you to read it this week, and you'll look at our temptation to fall into idolatry. Oh, idolatry in our day and age may not look like a piece of wood or a piece of metal or a piece of stone, but make no mistake about it. When success is defined by numbers, I will do whatever I can to get it. When success is defined by book sales, I will do whatever it takes to get it. If success is defined by anything other than the glory of God, we are tempted to measure it and believe that we are doing exactly what God wants. Maybe, maybe not. So what I want to do today is, with that being said, introduce some thoughts, ideas, things that I want us as a church to work on as we attempt to do all to the glory of God. We attempt to make mature disciples, absolutely, for the glory of God. Well, what does that look like? How do we do that? Well, what I have done in this slide presentation is I have taken kind of the five pillars that we had been talking about, oh, some weeks ago now when we did our series on wives. I know that's grammatically incorrect. I get it. it just helps me remember. Okay, worship, instruction, fellowship, evangelism, and service. And what I want to do is take each one of those five, and we're going to look at some ideas we're going to implement so that we are more effective in these areas, but understanding that we are not doing it to build an impressive program. We are doing it to serve our impressive God, We are doing it to bring glory to God by making disciples and by seeing them mature in their faith. So, if you're looking at the slide presentation, the very first one is worship. Well, what are we going to do? How are we going to worship in such a way that brings glory to God? I put a verse of Scripture on each one of these for sake of time. I'm not going to read each and every one of them on each slide. Those of you that can see them. Uh, You can see the verse there, but I will read this first one because it goes along with Psalm 115, verse 1. Psalm 96, 9 says, Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him, all the earth. It's very hard for me to read through Scripture, whether it be the Old Testament or whether it be the New Testament, to find worship that is defined by how it makes me feel. I I am, other than the fact that the only feeling that I can see in this particular verse is trembling before Him, this recognition of God's awesomeness, this recognition of how great God is, that the spectacle of worship in our entertainment-driven society may or may not be bringing glory to God. And the psalmist says that we are to worship in the splendor of God. My goal when people leave our worship services is never that they say, what a wonderful service. I want them to say, what an awesome Savior. Our purpose is to point people to Christ. So, you see the verb there, continue often. Uh, Continue to what? To foster a welcoming worship gathering. Now, we got shortchanged a little bit on time, got away from us a little bit in the Connect group, but we were talking a little bit about our welcoming and how we greet people and how we show hospitality to people. And I know it's very easy for all of us to say, well, we have a hospitality ministry. That's what they do. They greet people at the door and they're very friendly. They're very nice. And once they come in here and sit down, then we are all, we are all off the hook to show hospitality. And I want to profoundly challenge that. Because hospitality, creating a welcoming worship gathering, is the responsibility of each and every one of you. It's not just me. It's not just the deacons. It's not just the assistant pastors. It's not just the welcoming team. It is every one of us making sure that we are showing genuine interest in people as they come to our services. I mentioned in the Connect Group, I know uh, we used to do this here at, at Grace. There used to be a stand and greet time. And church research shows us whether COVID-19 put this over the edge or what. But that is extremely unpopular with guests. And one guest said it this way. He said, that's just your token to be nice to me. I don't, I'm not interested in that. I want someone to Genuinely, authentically show an interest in me by taking time to introduce themselves, to speak with me, and to make sure that I am welcomed in such a way that honors God. I pray that when someone leaves our service, they will think to themselves, at least one or two or three people actually cared that I was there today. They actually were sincere and welcoming me and and thanking me for being in the church they expect that for me but they want it to be from all of us by the way this is also a tricky time in which we have a number of church members that have been because of covid they have not been coming and so now we have older church members that may have been a member here for a long time and they're coming back for the first time and you don't know them we don't have to worry about them we don't have to welcome them back no I mean, this isn't just, that was sarcasm, that's not just for first-time guests, it's for everyone. I've made this observation, is that sometimes when someone has been around for a while, we stop greeting them, and we stop showing them hospitality. Everyone needs that, and so let me encourage you to help us and help me to continue to foster that. Um, We're going to continue Scripture-centered preaching and singing. We spent a lot of time a few weeks ago on that. I'm not going to talk about that. Um, At this point, it'll come up again a little bit later, but we want theologically rich songs, theologically sound singing and congregational singing being a big part of what we want to continue. And then continue to foster adorational approach to worship, not entertainment, not attractional worship, but this idea of adorational worship worship and is something that we want to continue. Okay, next slide and we're going to spend a little more time on this one, a couple of things that I want to, you to begin thinking with me about and this comes into the area of instruction. As the apostle Paul says in Romans 15:14 that we are filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. Instruction is something that I am personally very passionate about. I enjoy teaching and preaching, and I enjoy that part of ministry tremendously. But the reality is that needs to be something we need to continue to foster and continue to grow, and I want to give you a specific plan to do that here in just a moment. But if you're looking at the slide, we are going to continue connect groups, Sunday school for the kids, Wednesday night ministries. Um, I'm not sure this got announced, but life classes begin this coming uh, Wednesday. Uh, they start this week. We are teaching a class on basic theology, Theology 101. Uh, Mr. Shafron, part of our church family, will be teaching that class. And if you don't know him yet, his name, first name is Scott. If you don't know him yet, he'll be teaching that course. And it's just a very basic study of theology. What is theology? And what are some of the core doctrines of the Christian faith, and so that meets Wednesday nights at 630. I'll be teaching a class about character development, and um, I'm forgetting the title of my own class at the moment. I'm sure it's really good, um, but it's an eight-week eight series on how to develop character in certain areas of our spiritual life that can help us to be faithful in our, in our belief, and so that is starting this coming Wednesday night, Now, here's an idea that we are going to implement in the coming months. If you have the slide in front of you, you know what it says. If you don't, let me read it to you. We want to begin sermon-based discussion groups. Here's a reality. I was a science major when I was in college a long time ago. And as a science major, you had the opportunity to go into a lecture class and then later on, at some point in the week, you went to a laboratory and you had to put into practice what you think you might kind of sort of know. And what it did is it helped you cement in your mind what you were learning in class. Quick quiz for you. How many of you, right now, off the top of your head, without thinking, tell me what book of the Bible did I preach from last week? Very good. What chapter? One. Very good. I didn't expect verbal answers, by the way. This is great. What did we talk about from Colossians? God. <laughs> God. <laughs> the gospel. I had a, I had a, when I was teaching Bible at another Christian school, I had a senior, every time I would ask a question, he would always say, pride. 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 Talked about suffering for the faith, right? We talked about taking that suffering and implementing it for the purpose of seeing others develop and to become more and more like Christ. I didn't do that to embarrass anybody, and I did not expect verbal answers, which that is great. I did that to simply illustrate the fact that, think about this for a moment. Our typical model has been Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, four different messages, go live one of them. What did we talk about? I don't know. What do you think we talked about? I don't remember. And the reality is, the church researchers tell us, that in our culture, most church folks, committed church people, are going to give you two slots a week. That's it. Now, I may be living on the moon, but I believe this. I would rather our church family know, apply, and live one message a week than to forget four. And so, for years now, I've been thinking through this idea of taking the sermon and having a discussion group, a laboratory, if you will, on what we talked about on the sun, in the Sunday morning services. This may shock you. I leave 50% of what I intend to say unsaid on Sunday mornings. Now, so the reality is we could take that time and invest it into a discussion group. One of the, as I bounced this off some people, one person said, well, is that just re-preaching the sermon? No, no. It's applying it. Yes, rehearsing it, reviewing it, absolutely, but then taking that and breaking it down into discussion groups, but it goes further than that. Many of you don't have the slide in front of you, but session one. Will run from March the 20th until May the 22nd. Session two will run September 11th for, through November 20th. And they will meet Sunday afternoons at five o'clock, so we don't interfere with the six o'clock uh, time for the choir to practice. Men will meet the first and third Sunday afternoon of the month. Women are going to meet the second and fourth Sunday afternoons of the month. I'll be leading the men's group. Uh, Teresa Holdsworth and Joy Coates will be leading the, the women's group. Now, I want to press this a little bit further and kind of be fully in full disclosure. It's not ultimately about talking about the sermon. Yes, that's important. Yes, we need to live it. Yes, we need scripture. Yes, we need to understand it. Yes, we need to apply it to our lives. But there's something else we're missing, We are missing the connection in our body, especially among our men, to come together as a group of men that are willing to build a relationship that is not a facade of a Sunday morning smile, and I walk out the door, and I struggle the rest of the week, and I have no one to reach out to. Not saying that's not true for women, but I know it's profoundly true for men. And that these discussion groups are not just to come in and learn more information. Heaven knows we have enough information. Are we going to live it? Are we going to pray together? Are we going to hold one another accountable? And speaking to the men, I'll be bold, you need to be there. Because our church needs you to be a husband, and it needs you to be a father, and it needs you to be a man. And I know that's not culturally popular today. So what? This culture needs men to lead. And our church is going to do something about it. And so when we sit around, oh, no men reach out to me and no men talk to me. First and third Sunday night, we will be here. And you need to be here too. So that we can actually get to know each other. We've been apart for three years. No more. No more. And when we come together, it won't be rosy and Beautiful flowers, flowery discussion. As Barron said this morning, you're going to have a group of men that are messed up sinners. And might it be that our church would catch fire when our men get serious and catch fire and lead and be everything that God has created them to be. And for the ladies, the same And it's not just to get together to gossip. Men or women. It's not just to get together to gripe and complain. In fact, I will tell Teresa and I'll tell Joy, the first person that complains about anything, their name is on my list and you're going to be nothing. (laughs) I had your attention though. It's just not what it's for. It's for purposefully investing into the hearts of people. This may offend you, and that's okay, but you don't know the material of Scripture as well as you think you do. Why is it that in every book you read, you come to a verse of Scripture where the writer puts the verses into the the text, you skip it? Yes, you do. You're at least tempted to. Why is that? Well, I know that. I've heard that since I was 12. You don't know it until you can teach it. You don't know it until you know it so well. It just rattles off your tongue. As pastors, we talk about stuff so often privately that I forget that we don't talk about it publicly all the time. The rule of thumb is simply this. When you're sick of talking about it, everybody else is just starting to get it. How many of you can rattle off what WIFES stands for off the top of your head? Don't do it. That's just a question. Because it's new to you, but it's something that we want to make sure that we are learning and applying. Here's one. It's on your list and, and on the slide there is we need to hire a full-time pastoral staff member. Those of you that haven't been here for a while, you may not know this, but I was the assistant pastor when I came. That's why Pastor Benson brought me here a number of years ago. We've never replaced my position. And if you were in the session this morning, you're probably thinking, how are we going to pay for that? Our giving is lagging behind. You're right. We can't afford it right now. But I believe by prayer… And by people consistently giving to the work of the ministry, we can hire a full-time pastor that I would suggest to you is something that is not a wish list item. It is essential to us to be able to do and to minister in such a way that I believe the Lord is leading us and directing us. So pray about that. And if you're not a faithful giver here in our church, I'll be blunt with you and tell you that God has said a faithful believer is a faithful supporter of their local congregation. Yes, it's in time and talent, that's true, but it's also in financial giving, and that is something we would like to see happen in the next fiscal year, beginning in July, number one. Okay, next slide, and the next few will go a little bit more quickly. This one, fellowship, I I do want to spend a little bit more time on. Um, And they devoted themselves, Acts chapter 2, to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Some plans that we have for this coming year, we have the upcoming deacon care groups. They've been backed up by one week. Uh, The deacon retreat will be next Saturday. Um, And then on the 6th, obviously, uh, we will not have any deacon care group meals. They will begin on the 13th. And what will happen is once your deacon is assigned, we will get that out to you. And you'll then be invited to a smaller group. Deacon care group meals, and um, I'll say more about that in just a couple of minutes. We will be doing that in the month of February and then into the first week of March. Um, The village lunches, uh, we'll be having those first Sunday of the month. We're going to continue to do so. They won't be each and every month. There will be months that we don't have those. Um, Pastor Brian did an update on that last week. I won't rehearse all of that, but we've been averaging over 60 people that have been coming out to that meal, and that's been a tremendous help in building fellowship. Um, Dinner for eight. I'm not going to take time now to explain that, but we want to get that back on the calendar this week. We also want connect group activities as well as individuals connecting in in fellowship. Okay, next slide. Um, Evangelism. Again, I just want to reiterate encouraging you as the Lord gives you opportunity um, to share your faith. We are, as individual believers, expected to Share our faith in a way that fits your personality. And let me encourage you to continue to do that. Our worship gatherings. I want to uh, plant here for just another moment. I believe, I am convinced, that the worship gathering is predominantly for believers. It is for Christians. It is for people who have faith in Christ to come together for the purpose of worship. I do not believe in an attractional kind of perspective that gears everything that we do to attract an unbeliever. I I don't believe that. I do, however, believe in what I've been calling an, uh, um, an adorational model of ministry, that when people come in, they see what Christianity is about. They can understand it, hopefully more in their language, and that the gospel is there, that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And we certainly want that to be Clear throughout our services. And because of that, as we've been saying, I want people to feel welcomed when they come into our services. I want people to feel that we want them here. We want people to come into our, whether they're an unbeliever or not, it doesn't matter. That they should feel when they walk in this door, in these doors, that you and me and everyone in this room this morning are thankful that they came. In our day and age, we predominantly get one chance to have a first impression with a guest. Because all the churches in this town, they're probably not. I pastored in New England where there's three churches. Maybe four. And if you live in rural New England, there's probably none. This is the south. There's 17,000 churches in this town. Plus or minus a few. I don't know the exact number. And we're not the... And all of churches. We have our ministries, and we're going to continue to do our ministries. But may it never be that someone doesn't come back because they were not greeted. They were not welcomed. They were not made to feel that they were wanted to be in our service. Um, the next slide, um, service. As each uh, of you has a gift, the, the Lord has called each and every one of us to serve. So, I'm encouraging you, if you are not currently serving In a ministry here at Grace, let me encourage you to get involved in one that struck me um, recently during our prospective member class. I've remodeled that class yet again, and I put a slide up, and it goes through all of our ministries, all the different services that are happening in and around our ministry. And I sat there and read it, and probably, I'll say it this way we communicate that horribly. There are things that are going on every week with members of our ministry that we are not getting out to everybody. So in the deacon care groups, I'm going to go through that list with you. I'm not going to do that here. But highlighting different ministry opportunities, or maybe there is something that you are passionate about. There is something that you have a strong desire to do. Come see me. If it's illegal, unethical, immoral, or unbiblical, the answer is no. If it meets those criteria, the answer is maybe. Let's talk about it. What can we do? How can we function in those areas? And so in closing, I know that's a lot of inf- information in a short amount of time, but our five pillars are adorational worship. That's our goal. We want to be a ministry that is known as adorational worship, expositional instruction, that we are consistent in our exposition of Scripture. We don't want to study a book about the Bible all the time. We want to study the Bible. What does the Bible say? What does it mean? And in these Sunday night gatherings, we can talk about how do I then go live that? What does that look like in my home? What does that look like in my job? What does that look like as a parent, as a father, as a mother? What does it look like as a neighbor? What, what do I do with that? And by the way, when you're when you are preaching you, you're listening, you don't have opportunity to have clarification. You don't have opportunity to ask questions. You don't have time. I invite that. I want that really quickly. This has been a long time ago. I don't think I've been pastor here very long. And if this was you, I don't remember it was you. So you can, um, I forget who it was. And somebody said, hey, you said such and such in your sermon today. So I'm pretty sure I did not say that. I said, but I'll tell you what, you go listen to the recording. If I said that, I'll apologize to the entire congregation because that clearly came out wrong, if that's what I said. That person came back and said, Yeah, I heard you wrong. Thankfully, they asked. They could have posted it online. Do you know what our pastor said today? What a heretic. It's not what I said. So, these discussion times, you may have questions, things I say that are confusing. I know I'm not a perfect communicator, you're not a perfect listener that we can come together and use that as a a wonderful time. Effectual fellowship, building relationships within the body, relational evangelism, getting to know people, sharing the gospel with them, and then finally, sacrificial service. So those are some ideas that we are kicking around. As I mentioned, our deacon retreat is this coming Saturday. I have some other ideas I'm going to be sharing with them um, and putting together some uh, some different plans that we will be communicating um, this year. Um, the deacons this year are going to, uh, we're going to be busy. We're going to have a, a big agenda at our retreat this week. And then we also have a big agenda of things that we want to accomplish this year. And, uh, we'll certainly be sharing that with you as we go through. Unusual message. I know that. I understand that. A lot of information. If you have questions or comments about it, please, please see me. The big takeaway today is our Sunday night, um, instructional times. I'm super excited about that. And, uh, we'll prayerfully get those started, um, in March. going to ask Wes to come if he is in the room. He's hiding in the backstage there. He's going to lead us in a song, and then after our song, um, in just a moment, I'll come back and announce who our new deacons are.
1: All right, I think we know Amazing Grace, my chains are gone by memory, so let's stand and let's sing. We're going to just sing one verse, and then we'll sing that chorus twice. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see my chains are gone. My chains are gone Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, his mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace, amen. All right, before we close in prayer,
0: I'll read off the names of our uh, deacons that were elected in today, I want to first thank each and every uh, man that was put on this list. Um, honestly, my heart was encouraged by seeing such a wonderful group of folks um, that the Lord had uh, in our in our congregation that was nominated for deacon and so for those that uh, were not elected today, I just want to say thank you so much for your willingness to serve and Uh, the Lord will lead and direct in the months to come. Uh, But the six men that you have um, voted into the office of Deacon, uh, Larry Ball, who is to my right over here, Greg Hibisky and is in his assigned seat to my left back. Uh, Roy Holdsworth is right straight behind me here. Um, Steve Rexroad is right over here. Craig Tucker is to my left and Robert Upton uh, in the back. Those are our deacons this year. And so I say thank you to you gentlemen, and thank you for um, your willingness to serve and to the six men elected. I'll tell you what my Hebrew teacher said, first semester Hebrew. He said, kiss, go home today and kiss your wife and tell her goodbye. I'll see you next year. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm excited to get to work, and I'll send out information this afternoon about the retreat, and uh, thank you, men, for your willingness to uh, to serve. Let's pray together, and we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you so much uh, for your goodness and for your grace, and we thank you for the opportunity uh, that we have been given here at Grace Baptist Church to be a part of your, of your ministry. It's yours. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to the deacons. It doesn't belong to the pastor's. Lord, it's yours. It's your body. It's, it's your work here in this place, and God, we are but stewards of what you've entrusted us to, and I pray for our, our deacons that as we begin this new year that we would uh, be working together for the purpose of making and maturing disciples each and every step of the way, always for your glory. So, God, I pray that you would use us powerfully this year. Dismiss us now with your blessing and go before us as we head our separate ways and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a good day.